Hello, WeanCast listeners. We're going to take you to the episode in just a second. But first, we wanted to take a minute to tell you about our awesome Patreon page. If you dig our podcast, then you should check us out at patreon.com. There, you'll find tons of exclusive material not found on our regular podcast. Yes, exclusive episodes, bonus tracks, and other especially brown shit. We've got rare tracks straight from legendary taper Fred Moore's own private vault, including a truly bodacious Sorry Charlie, as well as part two of our epic interview with Claude Coleman, drummer of Ween, of course, where he shares such shit as how he came to join the band. Hint, couch surfing at the pod was involved. And a conversation about, and among other things, the pandemic with Tomato 11, band leader of Sound of Urchin and Ween Friend. We're just scratching the surface here. We've also got a vinyl series where we discuss highlights of Shane's swank vinyl ween collection, exclusive episodes covering ween side gigs like the gigantically brown Jimmy Wilson group, as well as articles and pics from our heart to yours. All told, we've got 10 plus hours and growing of materials just for our patrons. We dig doing this podcast and we're glad you're listening, but it just isn't big enough for all the crap we're dishing out. So we needed somewhere else to put all this extra stuff we've got. So check us out at patreon.com slash podcast. See ya! And now, back to the episode. Weencast, a ween podcast with Shane and Rory. Hey, what's up? This is Shane. And this is Rory. And this is Weencast. And we welcome you to a new episode. Welcome, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to the new year, uh, 2021. Yeah, man. Here's to um, hoping that twenty that it's uh, significantly improved from 2020. In, Amen. In terms of overall craptitude. <laughs> Amen. Happy New Year, everybody. This will be the first new show of 2021. And we are going back to the past again. Back to 2001, one more time. 2001, back to a show from our youth, and we are going to talk about the science fair. It's July 28th, 2001 in... Kintnersville. Kintnersville. Kintnersville? Is that really how you say it? I think so. Okay. Totally Bucks County. So basically in the vicinity of New Hope. Close enough to New Hope. Let's leave it at that. I believe a little bit further north, a little a bit closer to Easton, but Bucks County. What's up, Weanheads? It's Travis from West Brandywine Woodworks here. I'm back with an exclusive offer for Weancast listeners only. As you know, West Brandywine Woodworks creates handmade items for the home, and I would like to extend a 10% discount on all orders and free shipping on all cutting board and serving tray purchases over $100. Just mention Weancast when you place your order. It's that simple. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to mention Weencast for your 10% off and free shipping on board orders over $100. And as an added bonus, I'll even hand deliver to you if you're within 30 miles of the shop. For quality you can depend on, come to West Brandywine Woodworks and mention Weencast. Boognish lives! So this was a show that, Rory, you didn't make it to this one. No, dude, you know, and... what a bummer, because we just had the trade wins a couple episodes ago, and I, I couldn't make that one. And then this is yet another show I couldn't make. Long story short, I uh, had just gotten a job at this gas station, 
And uh, we actually, I had moved in with you. We were living together um, at that t- for a few months at that time. Right. And so I just had gotten this new job in this new, you know, back in a new town, basically. Right. And, and so I kind of like at first was like, hey, I don't want to be like, uh, you know, asking for a day off like the, the first day I'm there. So I totally regret it because it was a shitty job that like wasn't like worth my time. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was like a gas station in the ghetto. Well, so I regret like not like asking for the day off to go to the show. That's a very like that's a very like adult thing to do is like these are the days I won't be here. Like I'm telling you this now. The other thing that I that I kind of realized when I look back on things is like I don't know that we had even really planned to go to this. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't remember, but we could have basically like sprung this like the day before. And just been like, we're fucking going. And we might not have known that far in advance that you could have said, like, okay, look, we're definitely going to be out of town, like, this day. I can't work. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's true, too. I mean, I don't know. I, I just seem to remember th- uh, that I just didn't want to impose upon a new job. Right. But it, you're right. I mean, th- we're only one county over, so, you know, this would have been just a quick little jaunt, you know? There and back again. Yeah, what wound up happening is uh, our friend Corey uh, must have been home for the summer because him and I also hit up the uh, uh, the Jimmy Wilson Group show in New Hope, which was in June of that same year. Oh yeah, just a little bit before this. Right. So, you know, he must have just been like bumming around for the summer and him and I went to this and he brought his girlfriend along who was, uh, her name was Lydia. And she was always really nice and, and, and cool to, to us and whatnot. But there's a few things that I just can't remember. Like, I, you know, I don't think that there were, like, tickets to this ahead of time. I think it was just kind of one of those things where you just, like, showed up and it might have even just been, like, okay, 20 bucks for, like, the whole car or something. Like, however many car, how, you know, however many are in your car, like, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's, like... for like the whole car of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Or like 20 bucks a head. Like that's it. You know, like no, no tickets in advance. No, like no bullshit. Cause basically it was just kind of like a, like local music festival. Yeah. It was like a low key local festival. Right. You know, tell us about that. So they called it the science fair and we kind of put these, details together in the last you know few weeks well I know a little bit about this you know why it was called the science fair you know from going to the show that day but we put together a few little snippets and 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 details in doing some research so there was and I think still is a new hope band called the sound scientists okay once you are you always will be Sorry. <laughs> of course, our, our good buddy, uh, Fred Moore. Shout out to Fred once again, because uh, he's always our constant hookup for info. Yeah, Fred. Rock and roll, Fred. Happy New Year, Fred. Happy New Year to Fred. He knows a couple of the guys who uh, are in that band, so we want to give a shout out to a couple of the dudes that we were sort of like keyed in on, uh, which is Ian Kelly is the drummer, and Eli Ward is the bass player for the sound scientists. So it was kind of like their festival. And I think that those guys are, you know, just like friends with Ween and, and whatnot. And 
it seems to me like they just kind of, hey, you know, do you want to play this little, you know, local festival that we're getting together and whatnot? It just kind of all like fell into place. It just kind of worked out. And, you know, the sound scientists went on and then Ween was the headliner after them. So it was just the two bands? No, there was other bands that were on uh, like during the day before the sound scientists went on. But it was a real like low key, yeah. you know, just kind of like real chill. Uh, so it was in like basically just like a park, like a like a campground type park. Uh, there was camping that you could stay the night. Yeah, totally. People were yeah, people were able to camp for the night. That's cool. We didn't wind up doing that. We wound up just coming home. I drove, so I drove my car, which we've talked about in the in the past on, on a few episodes. It was a 1986 Plymouth Horizon. Yeah, dude. So I drove Corey and and Lydia and. Uh, we basically just like, you know, I don't remember exactly what time we got there, but it was still daylight and everything. And we just, you know, hung out. It was this nice, big, open field. They had um, they had basically what was like a trailer stage that was just like one of those things. It's just like a like a trailer that you like pull in and then it kind of opens up like from the front. Like there's a big like there's a big like panel that comes out of the front. And there you can see that it's like a stage in the inside. Mm-hmm. And you can see this on YouTube. There's a really sweet bootleg video that you can check out on YouTube of this whole show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, at least the ween, the ween part of the of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, man, that was that was it. It was basically just like a local thing. Just kind of threw it together. Yeah, Fred had hooked us up with some information from Eli because he had uh, texted back and forth with him and kind of. And kind of threw me the the, the text. So <laughs> apparently, Eli from the Sound Scientist put all of the expenses on his own personal credit card. Like that's <laughs> whatever this stage costs to you know rent for the night or whatever, and and anything else that he had that he had to pay for, just paid for it out of his own pocket on his own personal credit card. That's awesome. And supposedly, the way that they were able to arrange this and everything. They made it a fundraiser for the local fire department. So I guess that's how they got permission from like the park and, you know, I don't know if they had to get permission from like the local, you know, cops or, you know, whatever. And, uh, and yeah, so they raised money for the local fire company in putting on this show. Well, I imagine you have permits and things that you need to put on a, uh, a show. And then that was one of the agreements was that money that you need to have make it a benefit for the fire company. Right, right. So, I mean, is that fucking baller or what? Is that fucking cool? That's awesome, dude. That's like, you know, the ween world doing good to the world, you know? And having a cool, (laughs) like, ween show and camping, you know, adventure to boot, you know? Yeah, man. It's a win-win. Yeah. I mean, there's there's only really a handful of, I guess, like, ween shows that are from, like, the New Hope area that didn't take place at John and Peter's. There's really only like a handful of them over the years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is, and this is one of them. And it's, it's really kind of like an anomaly. Like there, there, you know, there wasn't really any sort of like ween festivals. I mean, this one isn't even really a ween festival because someone else like put it on. Mm-hmm. Ween was just the headliner. So it never really like, you know, it, it was never something that really like got off the ground to get, oh, okay, well they should do a ween festival with like them and urchin and like all of like the ween guy. It never happened, you know? 
Mm-hmm. This was pretty much the closest thing to it. If I'm not, you know, if I'm not, mis- if if there's something else that went down over the years that I don't know about, you know, please someone, you know, key us in on. But I, I think this is the closest thing to. Yeah, dude. I mean, this shows. Um, you know, it's interesting because it's it's a it's kind of a unique little show. You know, for a lot of for for several reasons. You know, and that and that's one of them. Um, but you're right. I mean, it, it, you know, in terms of the immediate New Hope area. Um, you know, it's typically John and Peters, and then uh, and you have like a smattering of other places here and there from time to time. So that's just pretty awesome, you know. Yeah, man. So just a couple of memories from like before, you know, the Ween part of the night, from what I can remember. So like I said, they were, you know, there was there was music basically for like a whole day throughout the whole day. It was an open field where they had the stage, and then there was a big enough space for like the whole crowd and during the day it was a lot of people just like sitting on blankets and like you know picnic chairs and you know camping chairs and stuff like that and then behind the space for the crowd there was a line of like food trucks mm-hmm. so that was where you you went to get you know french fries and drinks and yeah. whatnot and then behind that i'm pretty sure was where like the camping grounds were mm-hmm. so it was really just like a low key, like very laid back kind of a thing. Um, I do remember sitting there with with Corey and Lydia and spotting Jeaner and Dave. You know, this <laughs> is during the day, just like out, like walking around and like talking yeah. to people and whatnot. And of course, we didn't say anything. You know, Corey was always good at you know keeping me on like a leash when it came to. You know, like, oh, don't bug him. Like, don't go up to him. Don't say anything. You know, like, you know, I, I wouldn't have, you know, I, in my mind, I'm like flipping out. Like, it's fucking Jeter. Like, you know, go. You know, but when I was with Corey, it was like, okay, well, you know, I guess I can't like, you know. <laughs> I kind of I kind of wimp out on that stuff, too, usually. I mean, <laughs> except for one infamous time that we'll get to eventually. But <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was like, all right, well, I don't want to embarrass myself with, you know, Corey will make fun of me, you know, and I don't want, you know what I mean? It's like, keep your cool, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The only other thing I can really remember is I think before the sound scientists went on, I think maybe we had like blankets or, or, or camping chairs and stuff. We like walked back to the car because we're like, all right, let's take our stuff back to the car. And then come back, and then, like, by that time, you know, be ready to, like, get into the crowd Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And I remember walking back to the car, and there was a group of dudes, like, coming in to the campground as we were walking out. And there was a guy, as he's walking, he had, like, a guitar, and he's just, like, playing. And he saw Lydia... And just kind of, like, tapped her on the shoulder and was just like, Hey, you want to sing a song with me? But just kind of kept walking. And we just we just kept walking and all all of us just laughing, like Corey and I just like laughing and Lydia kind of being like thrown off guard, like like no, no thank you, or whatever. <laughs> just you know, the free spirits, man. Yeah, right, right. You right. got the you got the festival show, you got a free spirits, you know, roaming right. fields. Yeah. Um, right. It's just like, you know, no, you can't take one of our women, dude. Thank you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so I was wondering, um well first off was it nighttime by the time the show was going, or was it daytime? You know, I think it was kind of like 
just getting to be like dusk when the sound scientists were on. And that was sort of like the other memory that I, one of the other memories I have of them being like really awesome. Mm-hmm. And one of them, one of them saying to the crowd, like, hey, let's go, like, you know, time to get, time to get into it or like time to get rowdy or something like that. And just everybody like getting up, like off their blankets and like getting up off the grass and like, okay, let's, you know, let's get into like crowd formation. Well, and, and the other, that was my other question. How many people do you think, how big was this show? You know, I'd say probably, I don't know, 2000 people or so. I don't, you know, that's a like pretty big. Yeah. I mean, I remember it being a pretty good sized crowd, you know? Um, but it couldn't have been any more. I would say, I mean, that's really big. That like, if you're, you know, damn. Something around there. So, because, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure there was a good mix of, like, people that were staying over that night and then people that just came, you know, and were just going to, like, leave again. Yeah. So, it's not like everyone was, like, staying the night. God, yeah. Nevertheless, that's a pretty big outdoor festival show for them, for sure, even if it's not quite that big. Doing, Doing some other, like, research within the last few weeks, I think I read someone say that they were, like, bust in. Like, there was people that, you know, must have had to park somewhere else. Yeah, no and doubt. And then get like, a, get, like, a ride into, like, the park. But I, from what I remember, we had, like, you know, we had, like, a really good parking space, like, right there, you know, in the campground. And, um, you know, maybe it's because we got there early and we were there for, you know, like, the afternoon. And maybe they just ran out of parking spaces. I don't really remember, but it was definitely a pretty decent sized crowd. But by the time, like, you know, Ween came on, you know? Totally. So I think that takes us about to the the show, to the actual Ween show. Yeah. Well. Would you like to read the set list? Yeah, I'll go ahead and read the set list. All right. So they open up with uh, Buckingham Green, Poop Ship Destroyer, and that's during a uh, power outage, which we'll, uh, we'll talk about more. The Spinal Meningitis, The Mollusk, Freedom of 76, Take Me Away, Puerto Rican Power, Even If You Don't, Roses Are Free, Bananas and Blow, Flutes of the Chi, Dr. Rock, I'm in the mood to move, I'll be your Johnny on the spot, Ocean Man, Waving My Dick in the Wind, Mr. Richard Smoker, Exactly Where I'm At, Voodoo Lady, Mutilated Lips, Don't Sweat It, Captain Fantasy, Stroker Ace, LMYP, and then the Encore, uh, Buenos Tars Amigo. Nice. Yeah, dude. There's definitely a couple of uh, highlights on, uh, you know, during this show, but I guess we should just start at the beginning. Yeah, dude, and I think we would be remiss not to also um, mention the elephant in the room, and that is that this is another show without Glenn on the keyboard right and um they actually have a uh different keyboardist for this tour jason fuller so they actually have someone in glenn's place uh for this summer tour and this is the first show for the guy uh jason fuller right so this is the this is during like the glenn hiatus we had talked about on some of our past episodes uh, a couple of the shows from the beginning of the year in 2001 where they just did a short little like mini tour with no keyboard at all. So Glenn was, you know, not in the band at, at this time. And this show, Diener actually introduces Jason Fuller from uh, from Athens, Georgia. Yes. 
um, and this being his first show with Ween, his first concert with Ween. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. It's it's an almost four-month break from the last show, and the last show was actually Norva, which is the our last episode. So we actually were at the show right before this one, and it was almost four months earlier, though, so there was quite a break between the two tours, and then... Um, and then you got Jason Fuller show up. Well, you can definitely tell that like 2001 is definitely sort of like an off year when you look at Brown Base and you go back and you, you know, you sift through some of like the the tour dates and stuff because there's not nearly as many shows. And I think they did that on purpose because 2000, the year 2000, I mean, they were just on tour like crazy. There are so mm-hmm. many dates for the year of 2000. And then you look at 2001, and, I mean, they did a decent amount of shows, but it's not nearly as many as the previous year. Yeah. Then you have the Glenn hiatus, so it's like, okay, they were probably like, well, should we, you know, should we find someone else, and, and, you know, or should we just go on without him and just do, like, you know, the rock shit, you know, or whatever. So there was probably a lot of that kind of thing going on, you know, during that year, but there's not nearly as many shows for 2001, like, in general. Well, you got to imagine, so the hiatus goes from, you know, the beginning of 2001 until February of 2002. So it's about 13 months. And you got to imagine that it's it kind of probably sprung up, like kind of right before that, that Trade Winds tour, you know, the, um, the early 2001 tour. Right. It must have kind of been a little bit abrupt because I know that, Gener, isn't he just, you know, he's like, oh, Glenn, Glenn quit the band, you know, like he's like says shit like that. Yeah. During that tour. And uh, and they just like basically like work around it and try to avoid some of the songs that Glenn plays a big role in. And um, and so it's interesting because then you know that they must have been taking some time during that four months to to evaluate that and to think, what are we going to do here? Right. Do we want to proceed as a four piece? Do we need, do we want to get another keyboardist? And I think they made the right decision in the sense that um, there's a good part of the repertoire that, you know, you really want to have those keys on there, you know, and, and, and especially in the sense of when there's jamming and stuff, that's always a welcome addition there, but there's a whole host of songs, especially on you know, like an album like white pepper where you really need a keyboard. And so, so I think that was the right move to decide, Hey, we should bring someone in. Again, we don't really know. It's sort of mysterious, this hiatus. But, um, you know, dude, I, it's funny because I was always aware of it, obviously, because I was at Norva, and he wasn't part of that. But I didn't realize that it was 13 months. I guess in my head, I thought it was just sort of like a few months. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you go back and look at, like, the time frame of, like, how long it really was and stuff. And, like, it wasn't until I went back and started listening to this show again that I even remembered, like, oh, yeah, there was another guy. You know what I mean? Like, I knew that, but I completely forgot. You know what I mean? Like, there was, like, a dude filling in on keyboard. Like, that's right. Yeah. You know? So it's just an interesting little, you know, footnote in the in the Ween history. But it, it happened. Totally. Yeah, it's like a whole evolution of, like, you know, first it's just no keyboard at all. And then they say, well, now we need to have a keyboardist, you know? Well, I mean, certainly by that time, like, you know, there are just too many songs Yeah. that they're, they were probably thinking like, well, we just, it's not going to fly 
with no keyboard. There are just, there's too many songs by that point, like you were saying, from the White Pepper stuff, especially. And that was their latest stuff. And the Mollusk, too, really. Right, right, right. You know, it's like, well, we can't just not play, like, all of those songs, and they're not going to work right with, with no keyboard. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, Jason Fuller, I don't know too much about him, but um, he seems like a very, I just kind of looked up, like, his bio. He does have a website. Um, and I just kind of looked up his bio and just kind of did a little bit of reading on it. I mean, he seems very, you know, well-traveled and, and an accomplished uh, keyboard player. So shout out to him. And uh, yeah, he certainly does a, a, a great job on this show. Yeah, dude, I think he acquit, he acquits himself well. Um, I do wonder how much lead-in time he had, you know, because sometimes I, I wonder yeah. if, if maybe he wasn't as familiar with the songs um, yet. So uh, I would love to hear like a show from later in this tour to see how he evolves with the material. But he acquits himself well. Um, I, I'll just say, like out of respect, um, it just was like, you know, it, it, Glenn, is an, it, Glenn really is a, uh, a first-rate you know, he's Glenn's pretty legendary, so it's no offense <laughs> to say that um, you know, it just wasn't quite Glenn, you know. Right. If if I may say, if I may say so. Yeah, Glenn's shoes are pretty uh, are pretty tough to fill. Yeah, but nevertheless, Fuller does <laughs> does a nice job, you know, and so. Yeah, man. You know, like it's starting with like the mollusk. Like, there's a lot of like keys going on with that to do like some of those cool like you know sea shanty vibes and stuff and uh it's always so he acquits himself pretty well he he was primarily part of a west coast tour and then they got back and then the tour ends um and um you know and then they have like a smattering of shows at the end of the year that he's not a part of that are um you know on the east coast but um right but yeah dude so let's talk some highlights here you know like early on the whole poop ship destroyer Jeaner does it with the um, with the megaphone, you know, with the there's like a the monitors are out and like the power's out. And uh, and so that's pretty cool, you know, like trying to like be like make the most of it. Well, right off the bat and the, the first song that they played was Buckingham Green and they get like two thirds of the way through and you hear Aaron say, Kirk, no monitors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the monitors must have went out first. And then from what I remember... I think they must have had to power everything down and then turn the power back on for like the whole stage. Yeah. To get everything back on and working again. Mm-hmm. So f- from like both of the bootlegs, so there's the the YouTube video which I had mentioned, that's the whole show. And then also there's an audio recording. I'm pretty sure there is only really one. You can hear it on um archive.org. It's a pretty good quality bootleg. Um, but both of those, both of those recordings, they have some of that break where the power was out, like cut out. Yeah. So, and it's, and it makes total sense because it's like nothing is happening for a decent, you know, chunk of that. Well, how long do you think that was? You know, probably like 15 minutes or so. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think it was that long, but I think they powered everything down. So Jeter gets on the microphone and he's just like, hey... Like, we lost power, like, we're getting it turned back on, and then just busts into Poop Ship, and then is doing, after he does, like, a couple of verses of, of Poop Ship, he just turns the megaphone on to, uh, to the siren, so it's, like, for, like, I don't know, 
two minutes, you just hear, Woo! <laughs> so it's like okay well you know gotta do something you know what i mean um so that's how poop ship gets in there it's just him on the megaphone no power <laughs> just just him on the in, into the megaphone into the crowd that's it yeah dude. so even on like the good like audio recording of it um you can just barely hear him yeah, dude. No, you can barely hear him. Uh, this show gets pretty brown. You know, there's some, there's definitely some brownness going on for the poop ship. Yeah, yeah. So then they get the power turned back on, and you know, there's some good banter with this show too. Like, okay, let's go. Like, let's play. And then when they get the power turned back on, Diener says like, okay, this is our last song. You know, it's like, oh, hilarious, dude. <laughs> so then they bust into some regular, you know, regular tunes. You got some good standouts. I mean, Puerto Rican power is always great. That yeah, that uh, era, well, like that, that was getting some pretty good rotation back then. But that's always nice. Yeah, I mean, even before that, when they play the mollusk, after it's after the mollusk that Diener actually introduces Jason Fuller and said this is his first show. Yeah, with him. So that's really cool. So he gives him a shout out, and everybody, you know, gives him a hand and everything. Yeah, dude. They, um, I will say. Uh, you know, they do bananas and blow and, um, and that's an example of where like Fuller doesn't quite pull off the song as well as, you know, Glenn does. Um, so that's like an example of a song that they weren't playing earlier in the year without Glenn. And so they're clearly bringing it back into the show rotation. Right. Cause now that they have a keyboard. Right. Right. But there's definitely times where it's like, Oh, you know, that's cool and all dude, but like not quite, it's like, you don't quite have it down. Like keep working on it. <laughs> well and then after bananas and blow flutes of the chi yeah dude and this is uh fantastic because you know it's from white pepper so it's not all that old right and so this was like the 15th time that it was ever played and so i think is that the first time you ever heard it i'm pretty sure and diener even says before they start like oh this is a song we don't do that much I don't really understand that. Why, why, why don't they break it out more often? Because I mean, I know everyone loves that song. Yeah, dude. I don't know why they don't. And um, and that's what's interesting is it's funny how he already says that when this is kind of just after the White Pepper, you know, release era. So even the songs from White Pepper that have been played a lot still haven't been played a lot, a lot yet. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. they've only been around for like a year and a half. Right. It's pretty true. So, in other words, when you're hearing that, you don't realize, like, that's going to be played 37 times ever. Like, that's pretty damn rare. Like, 37 times? That's pretty rare. You know, out of, like, a thousand shows or whatever. Like... That's not a lot, man. I mean, that's... Yeah, dude. So, that's pretty fucking awesome. And I'm really jealous. I know I've heard Flutes of the Chi live, because I know that they played it at one of the reunion shows. But damn, dude, that's pretty cool.
So then after that, you got Dr. Rock. And then after that, I'm in the mood to move from fucking Godween Satan. Which is another just like, you know, rarity and a half. So this is technically when you look at Brown Bass, this is the first time it's ever been played. Yeah, dude. That's amazing. Like, how can that be? That's amazing. I mean, and Diener says that too. He's like, oh, this is a really old song. Like, this is so old, we got to go to the books. So I think they just have like the lyrics on on paper, like in front of them. (laughs) But he also mentions before they start that, that Godween Satan is about to be re-released. That's probably why they play it. That's funny. So I think that they specifically were looking for something to bring back from Godween Satan for like that like summer tour, like the rest of that tour, because... And I didn't remember this until I went back and looked at the dates. The re-release of Godween Satan was on September 11th. Oh, nice. Yeah, and that was the um, the infamous 20th anniversary, even though it was only 11 years. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, but I didn't, but that was fucking September 11th. Can you believe that? I mean, I, I oh, that yeah, did not dude, of course. dawn on me at all. Wow. It's 2001. Wow. So, that's fucked up, man, you know? That's when... The re-release of Godween Satan came out was that year, and it was September 11th. And now it's going to be 20 years again. They called it the 20th anniversary, uh, and then it, in the in this next September, it's going to be the 20th anniversary of its release. Sorry, I was wrapping a, I was weaving a tapestry of of something, but I don't know where I'm going anymore. Well, I would say if it was, you know, the supposed. 20th you know 20th year anniversary when it was released in 2001 i would say we might as well just call it the 50th anniversary at this point yeah it's been 20 years since that and the century edition yeah right come on i mean just jump keep jumping ahead it's not you know but yeah dude no that makes perfect sense and um i got i remember buying that that was definitely one i bought oh yeah that um that re-release. It's a good re-release, and it's got a few uh, bonus tracks on it. Sure. But the quality's great. The sound quality's really good. Not to go on a, on a you know, on a sidebar here, but the, the real, you know, tragedy is that's the only album that they ever did that with. Yeah, dude, no, you're right. The pod is the one that really needed it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how come they never got around to re-releasing that? But I guess that's another topic. Oh, yeah. Bare minimum, they should re-release that. But anyway, that's an, that's for another time. But yeah, this is supposedly the first time that they ever played I'm in the Mood to Move. And I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. It's a very short little, you know, ditty. But it's cool. Yeah, dude. No, it's it's rare. 35 times ever. Most of those were probably for this tour. And uh, But that's awesome, dude. No, that's great. I mean, right? That's like what you live for is like these cool little snippets. Little things like that, yeah, man. That make the show stand out, you know? A, a Godween Satan song played for the first time. Well, I'm in the mood to whip your body with a tire iron. Ooh, no, groundhog poop low. Three times, goddammit. Ooh, no, groundhog poop low. Two times, goddammit. Ooh, no, groundhog poop low. One time. So then... After that, you know, you got some other, uh, you got some other, you know, regular tunes. Basically, I'll be your Johnny on the spot, Ocean Man, uh, waving my dick in the one in the wind, Mr. Richard Smoker, exactly where I'm at, um, Voodoo Lady, Mutilated Lips, and then Don't Sweat It. So another good one. I would say that would be the song 
like when I think back on like the science fair, that's immediately sort of like what I think of. Yeah. Is that's the night they played Don't Sweat It. Dude, that's a great song. It's a great tune too. And rare. Great song. You know, I mean, definitely has that pod like vibe to it. Um, you know, very dark, rare shit. I went back and looked at Brown Bass on this one. Now, it wasn't the first time it was ever played, but they did not play that song at all from 1998 to 2000. Which definitely probably makes it the first time that you or I ever heard it then. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I one of the, the memories that I have of that night, now I'm jumping ahead till, you know, after the show, but I'll, I'll bring this up because it's really the only thing I can remember about, like, getting home. Like, I remember coming home, and you were home from work by the time that you know I got back and you were like still awake or maybe you were like asleep on the sofa and like woke up as I like you know came in and you're just like would they play and I was like don't sweat it and you were just like oh man that's awesome because that's immediately like what I you know that's immediately what I like picked out from that night as far as like that was by far Mm -hmm. you know the coolest thing of that night you know in my opinion anyway Oh, dude, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. So, you know, go back and listen to that cut from this show for sure. Totes. Because that was really cool. And then you got Captain Fantasy, which is always awesome. Also from the pod. Stroker Ace. And then LMLYP. Yeah, so, dude. And, and LMLYP is cool because they had special guest jamming with them. Michael Hampton. Kid Funkadelic. So it's Kid Funkadelic. And he basically comes in and they sort of let him lead LMLYP. They sort of let him do like an intro into LMLYP. Um, So he's on guitar and also vocals. And this is definitely a unique version of LMLYP, which like, I mean, for all the other shows that we had seen it, it's really just sort of like a vehicle for like each one of them to take a solo. This is just sort of like him doing the whole like beginning in a very like funkadelic way and then the rest of them just kind of like wrap it up. It's not a very long version, but it's definitely different and it's definitely unique. Oh, it still comes in as, you know, like 17 minutes. Right. Um, you know, that includes like, you know, downtime, you know, probably leading into the sh- song and stuff. that's cool because we've talked in the past obviously it's known this isn't like a revelation but you know the influence of of funk and uh you know and and that kind of music on ween and so to have a legend like michael hampton you know of the you know george clinton in the parliament funkadelic and and in the rock and roll hall of fame to have him like jamming at this show 
for that song. Right. It's pretty freaking like baller, right? Like that's pretty, um, you know, like every show has has those elements that make it unique. And that's totally what the, you know, one of the highlights for this show for sure. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, as, as far as I know, he's also just one of sort of like the invitational guys. Yeah. 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 When we did the interview with Fred, he brings, he brings him up as being one of the guys who, I don't know if he's one of the guys who started the invitational, but he definitely took, took it over for a little while, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I think even to this day, you know, 20 years later, he's still considered one of the like new hope guys, like part of the new, totally. hope, you know, music scene. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, dude. No, it's really, that's really cool. And it speaks to the influences of Ween and, and the respect that Ween gets, um, you know, from the other people in the music world and community. And then after, after LMLYP, Buenos Tardes Amigos. And that's the end of the night. There's a couple of cool uh, moments, especially at the end there for Buenos Tar- Tardes, where they set off some fireworks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you can hear, like, of course the crowd is just like, woo, you know, <laughs> fireworks, you know. <laughs> so that's, that's cool. And, uh, and like, just throughout the whole night, like, Junior keeps bringing up, like, man, you're in for a fucked up night tonight. And, like, you know, we're rocking till the moon's coming up and, and, just like a, a lot of like uh, references to like, yeah, everyone's going to get fucked up tonight. You know, it's like, what the fuck, dude? What are you talking about? You know, but <laughs> just the mood he was in, I guess, you know, so. Well, you know, you got the festival. You're in Bucks County. It's like a local show. Yeah. Uh, home turf. Good times had by all. You know, one of the things, the um, because of the, the uh, power outage, that's kind of unfortunate because... It ends up being a little bit of a short show. Um, it comes into like about two hours and 15 minutes. And dude, they're chilling between every song. You know, like there, there's a lot of downtime during the actual show. Right. And then you get the sense that with that, you know, hey, if there wasn't a 15 minute long power outage, then the show, they would have been playing for all those 15 minutes. You know, and, and I also noticed, dude, like I counted them up. And or I looked at Brown Bass, I should say more accurately, but they only played twenty five songs, and most shows are closer to thirty or more than thirty. So, you know, I feel like they totally kind of got screwed by that power outage, and so it kind of like, you know, I wonder what songs would have been played if they had that time back. Yeah, and you know, the other thing about you know about that is. You know, this is a, a you know a local show, like we said, and they probably had to pull the plug at like a certain time of night. You know, like you now I think it went. That's probably true. You know, I think it went fairly late anyway, but you know, I don't know if it was by midnight or, you know, I can't remember like what you know what times like the show like started mm-hmm. and, and ended, but they probably had to like be wrapped up. You know, the the plug gets pulled at a certain time of night, like period. Yeah. You know. No doubt. So it's it's true. It's not it's not the longest show. Um and the fact that it's a whole day, you know, of music, it's like, you know, you can't just have Ween play for fucking, you know, four hours or anything like that. Like yeah. that's not <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta have the other guys um, you know, get some stage time too. Oh no, dude, and, and here's the thing. Even even when it's a Ween show is a little short, it's still like more than two hours, you know, like it's still a pretty oh, yeah. good 
it's still a big chunk of music. It's not like they played for like 45 minutes set and then like called it a night, you know? Yeah, totally, man. I mean, which, which, you know, sometimes at like a festival, if you have like a ton of headliners, you know, like a big festival, sometimes the bands do only go up there and play for like 45 minutes to like an hour or whatever. Right. Right. It's pretty true. Yeah. And you know, this was a, this was a, a, a way like, you know, like we said, laid back and, and local festival, but it yeah. wasn't like the kind of thing where it was just ween plays and that's, you know, that's it. So they go on at, you know, whatever time they feel like and just play all night. It wasn't that kind of thing, you know, a really cool and unique kind of, uh, kind of night though. Yeah, dude. There's a couple of really cool quotes. Like we had said, like, um, Junior is just doing like crazy, like banter and, and quotes like all night at one point he says or after uh spinal he says yeah i live right down the road so they mentioned about how they're you know they're from there and everything a few times they say about how cool it is a bunch of times somebody must have threw something at Giner because after even if you don't he says that's cool you hit me right in the head and it's like what what somebody threw something at Giner? like what, what the fuck you know what <laughs> i don't know what that i don't know what's that what that's about but that's kind of a cool little quote I will say, um, right after the mollusk, I don't know if this is meant to be like throwing a little bit of shade, but Giner's totally just like, oh yeah, Jason Fuller, he's our new keyboard player. And I'm just wondering like, shit, is that some shade throwing the way of Glenn? Oh shit. You know what I mean? Like this is our new keyboard player. He didn't say like, oh, this guy's, you know cover him for Glenn you know this guy you know like I mean you know what I mean like he introduced him as like this is the keyboardist of Ween now yeah yeah he sure did man drama dude drama (laughs) if anyone knows what's going on with that shit like hook us up man I'd love to you know I don't want to know like you know if it's some like crazy tragic shit or something you know if it's not my business but nevertheless as a journalist um, I really would love to get to the bottom of that. We'll keep peeling that onion for sure. Yeah, you know, we're not. We're, gonna we're let just that talking go. about peeling it. I don't know if we're ever going to actually get peeling. <laughs> um, and then towards the end of the towards the end of the show, Diener makes a quote where he says, uh, "I'm kind of paraphrasing, but uh, I know a lot of you came from uh, you know a long distance, and it's it's nice to have everybody in our area. So that's pretty cool." Yeah. Just gets that, like, you know, we're just fucking around and having a good time kind of vibe throughout the whole night. And just a really, you know, wasn't the the greatest show I've seen over the years, but definitely a unique one and, and a lot of fun. Yeah, dude, I would say um, as far as musically, LMLYP makes it worth it because Michael Hampton's on that track. Um, totally. And then also you've got I'm in the Mood, you know, is the first time ever. Flutes of the Chi continues to be really rare and don't sweat it. You know, it was only played 68 times total ever. So, you know, you got those like four songs. That's still like a nice crop of like, you know, notable shit. Like, well done. Well done, Ween. A couple of other random memories that I have while while Ween was going on. Um, before I forget, I know at one point um, Corey just peed into like a Gatorade bottle. Like... He was just like standing like behind Lydia and was like right and was like right in front of me and was just like, okay, just stand still for a second and just sort of like block, you know, while he was just, yeah, right. Just, you know, and, uh, and just peed into like a bottle. 
And it's like, yeah, classy move, bro. You know, um, total Corey move. But but you know, like, dude, when you're rocking out to a cool ween show at a festival, you can't be bothered to go to the bathrooms. They're probably some stinky porta potties anyway. I think I was probably just jealous because I didn't have the balls to pull that off. You know what I mean? Like, I was probably standing there having to piss like so bad, and just did. You you had tried and then like not been able to go, and just had your like dick, your dick hanging out in like a soda bottle, like not being. For like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Stage, or somebody stage like fright. stage fright or, or some sort of like, you know, non-existent security would all of a sudden like appear out of nowhere and like bust my ass. You know what and, I mean? And then next thing you know, your, your ass will be in like the County jail. Right. Peeing in public. That would have been my luck, you know, like no one else at the, no one else at the festival would get busted for anything, but you'd be in the, in the fucking County jail for uh, the lockup. <laughs> For peeing in public. <laughs> um, and the only other thing that I that I kind of remember and I still have as a memento from this show, I don't think there was any kind of merch that was sold, like a merch table or any, you know, shirts or anything. But there was a guy from like that, you know, time period that would make those patches. So on our Jimmy Wilson group uh, conversation, I talked about it. There was a guy who would make like silkscreen patches on like bed sheets and just cut them up. Mm-hmm. So I had gotten one from the science fair and I still have it. So I'll post pictures of that on all of the, the socials and everything. But I have to admit, I have no memory of like that dude or like where I was when I got that from him. Yeah. At the at the Jimmy Wilson group show, I sort of remember us like standing on the sidewalk like waiting to get in to the actual, you know, bar at John and Peters and him just walking down the sidewalk and like just giving them out to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like the like the line of people, but where he was for the science fair and like how I got that from him, I have no memory of that happening. It's mysterious. It's like um it's like the monkey paw on the Simpsons when they uh when Homer turns to show than where he got the monkey paw, and uh, yeah, and the store's not there anymore. Just a, it's just a wind. And then he just says, "Oh no, no wait, it was over there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> You'll be sorry. <laughs> that's good. No, that's bad. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You know. Um, but no, man. I mean, and I still have it to this day. I just got it out earlier tonight to take a picture of it, and I still have the fucking thing. That's cool, dude. Yeah, we'll post that shit up, and uh, it looks sweet, dude. It's awesome. Blast from the past. Hey, shout out to the dude who made those patches. And I, uh, another random memory is I think I might have, I can kind of picture like what that guy looked like, and I think I might have ran into him at one of the shows, um, like the year after this or whatever, and asked him about the the patches, because I think he was making shirts by that point. I was like, oh yeah, you're the guy who used to make the patches, and he's like, oh yeah, right on, like. You know, like, you remember that, and I'm going out on a limb on this one, but I think he might have been the one who first did, like, the Bugnish, like, pirate, like, the Bugnish with the eye patch. That's cool. If true, that's cool. From what I remember, he was like, yeah, they're going to start making, like, the 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 pirate uh, shirts, like, themselves. Like, Ween, like, picked up that, like, wow. image and started, like, using it, like, officially. So, hey, guy, if you're out there... 
reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you because uh, we love the patches, and that's awesome. Somebody hook us up with that guy. If you know that guy or you are that guy, I want to hear the story, man. I want, you know, because that guy is, was definitely around for like a few years. Yeah, dude, we could get you on the podcast or, ha- you know, have a little interview, have a little chat with you. Yeah, somebody hook us up with that guy, and we'll do we'll do a better job of trying to of trying to find him for uh, for the next episode or something. But yeah, I still have that patch. That's great. Well, yeah, because you had just gone to um, the Jimmy Wilson Group show just like you know a month and a half prior, right? You know, we had a, we did an episode for our Patreon, an exclusive episode for Patreon. So check that out, people. Check out our Patreon. Got all sorts of uh, awesome exclusive content and shit that. Um, blow your mind really but uh but yeah so we had covered that last year you know the jimmy wilson group with the patch patch from that show which is a pretty yeah. cool patch as well you know and it makes me wonder if, if he moved on to to shirts the next year i wonder you know what's he doing now is he doing like full suits <laughs> you know is it is continuing to evolve is he doing like uh like athletic jumpsuits now like ukrainians wear it's probably like one of those dudes on like the Etsy that's just like full on like bugnish like everything, you know, track yeah. suits and you know uh, those big uh, those big hats and everything. Yeah, man. I mean, the guy's probably a whole like you know cottage ween industry. That's cool, you know. But yeah, man. So that's the science fair. Yeah, dude. You know, um, decent show. Um, some great highlights. I'm still, you know, it's not one of the, the, the it's, it's not going to make the top 10 list. It's not going to make the top five list, but, um, but I still wish I was there, you know, and, uh, and some great highlights. So, so I'm sure you, uh, I'm sure you have great memories. Obviously you've been talking about them here. <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I remember feeling guilty that, you know, you didn't come, but I also kind of remember thinking like, well, it'll be another one where I, you know, I'm, I'm up in the count over Rory. Yeah, that's funny. No, you take an early lead, um, you know, that I've struggled to catch up with, like, all along. Although, you know, speaking of all that, this is our last show for 2001, so we're, our uh, our next episode that we go back in time will be uh, will be in 2002. And, um, right. You know, and so there are going to be some shows that I go to that you don't. So I will have a chance to uh, make amends. You know, as Puck says in Midsummer's Night's Dream. Looking forward to it, man. But yeah, dude. Um, awesome. The Science Fair. Another one in the books. Yeah, as Rory said, check us out on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash weencast podcast. Got some exclusive episodes on there. Write-ups, photos, a lot of cool little clips, audio clips and things. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, man. And everyone, thanks for listening. Thank you so much, everybody, and Happy New Year once again. Here's to a better 2021. Yeah, rock and roll, everybody, rock and roll. All right, peace out, everybody. Thanks.